Nine minutes after 8 o'clock here on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU and worldwide at WSAU.com as well. You just heard the disclaimer with Mr. Merle Kelch. I, of course, am News Director Mike Leishner, joined live in studio this week by Merle Kelch, or Merle Kelch, I should say. And Merle, I'm glad we're both on the same page this morning. Uh, it took us a while to get there, but we're here. Yeah, we're here. We're doing good. We're here. And, you know, I'm sure for you. Uh, everything was just fine and dandy, hunky dory last week until, or I should say, yeah, last week until maybe about uh, noon or so on Friday, and then we had a bank fail in California. Tell us, I guess, just first off, the elevator pitch on this. What does it mean when a bank fails in California for us here in Central Wisconsin? Um, really, nothing. Um, but no, it's one of these weeks that. You know, folks. Every once in a while, you just want to take a jump out of your window, and I'm okay with that because my, you know, my building is on the first floor. Okay. Yeah. So I just get scratched up from the bushes, but yeah. it's just one of those like, oh, geez. And so this week, the the market dropping, by the way, really had nothing to do with any financials in the stock market. The companies are fine. Nobody's falling apart, other than SV. Yeah, other than you know, Silicon, uh, Silicon Valley, Valley Bank. Bank SVB. Right. Um, we'll talk about that in a second. But sure. But at large, it, it just kind of went down because people said, "What the the." The economy is still not slowing down. The jobs are still doing great. And, oh, we can't have that because the Federal Reserve is going to increase interest rates. Guess what, folks? They're going to anyway. And so I can only use the term Yahoo, but I have a lot of other colorful metaphors with these people on Wall Street. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're thinking that this is over. It's not. I mean, it's, it's not going to be over until we start to see the inflation come down dramatically. And, and it's, it's, we're, we're, we're a ways into this. So the question simply still is, Will we have a recession? I think yes. How bad will it be? That's what we don't know yet. Is it going to be light? Is it going to be minimal? Is it going to be terrible? And I don't foresee terrible. I just don't see that at this point in time. Nonetheless. Um, and so so that couples then, and then all of a sudden we see SVB, uh, uh, Silicon, Silicon Valley, Valley Bank, Bank yes. um, go down. And uh, the reason it went down, it ran out of cash, ran out of money. And, it, and they're saying, well, it's because of the Fed. No, it's because of dumb management. Sorry, that's the easiest way I can say it, you know. So thank I'll you, talk about thank that you in for a catching yourself, by the way. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, you know, and and again, it's been a long time since I've been in the direct banking type of part of the world, and okay. so uh, I, my plan is to have a good conversation with a friend of mine who actually is and runs banks um, in multiple branches, that kind of stuff, just so I can sit down and make sure I get my head around it, but. It's difficult to get any more information out of the financial news over the course of the last two days because everything is SVB. So what's interesting about this, though, is it's an interesting – I'm sorry. It's interesting in the sense that um, it's been a problem for a while and it's been known. Uh, the CEO of the bank, um, beginning in – I'm sorry, in January, um, filed all the necessary papers, exercised options, and then sold them to the tune of some uh, near $2 million and put it in his pocket – and a transaction completed two weeks ago. Interesting, mm -hmm. isn't it? I Absolutely. think so too. Yeah, so, yeah. That uh, and 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 again, I and, I hear this yesterday, he, and I'm like, wait a minute. Um, this has got to be something that's big in Merle. He filed Kelch's the right world. documents. Yeah. He filed the right stuff, but I don't think it's right what happened. So sure. essentially, a bank um, it does a couple of different things to raise its money that it can relend back out. One of them is it's holding mortgages, which are considered an asset. And so it's holding mortgages, it's holding things that it's lending money out to, or from that it can certainly have bonds, which it picks up um, uh, generally from um, um, either other banks or other institutions or, um, uh, you know, Federal Reserve has these bonds that lends against interest rates. 
So if you have too many of the ones that what's called a mark to market, which means the value every quarter has to be reset to what the current value is, not what you purchased it for. Um, if that happens, you're going to find yourself short of cash. All of a sudden you're saying, well, hey, you know, we got to put the money back in and make sure our, bu our books balance. Because in a banking industry, your books have to balance every single day. You can't say, well, we're a little light for a while. It doesn't work that way. So in doing so then, um, all of a sudden say, hey, you know, we're uh, kind of out of cash. we got to do some things here. And the reason for that is with the interest rates going up, we've talked about it a hundred times in this program, the bond values price come down. You know, folks, sometimes in the investment world, things catch you off guard. But sometimes, you know, you're laying on the tracks. You can see the smoke. You see the light. You hear the train coming. You got to get the hell off the tracks. And these guys didn't. So their mark-to-market killed them. They ran out of cash. They were trying to do some things with trying to sell some more shares of stock, some other stuff to try to put some cash back in. Um, uh, somewhere along the way, that somebody announced it online and said that they're having a hard time, and all of a sudden people said, hey, we want to get our cash out. There's a run on cash. It ran out of cash. It went insolvent like that. It was done. Mm -hmm. And so then the bank regulators came and said, well, we're going to take over the bank. It's going to go to the FDIC. Now, the people that are there um, are largely going to be all right, especially those that had less than 250000 FDIC is going to guarantee that. Mm -hmm. uh, but those that had money in there that were participating in purchasing with the bond programs and those types of assets, uh, they may not be over $250,000. million. i am sorry, $250,000. Uh, we'll find out over the course of the next couple of days. And so it's too early to unravel to tell you exactly what occurred, so it's only my inferences. But I do think it's rather suspicious when the CEO sells two and a half, or I think it was $2.2 million worth of stock a couple of weeks before this whole happens because he knew this was going to be a problem. Um, now the stock, by the way, which he sold at some uh, 300 average, um, is now worth zero. Of course. Interesting how that happened. Yeah, no kidding. And yeah. uh, and I know there was even a run on this bank had locations in Manhattan. The police had to be called in to kind of do traffic control because people yeah. were lining up at the branch in Manhattan to pull their money out when they started hearing that this was a possibility. So this is something that obviously impacts a, a lot of people that had money in there. But again, uh, they do say they will have access to their money by Monday sure. uh, per the per the FDIC. Now, um, and, and again, I'm asking you this completely blind, but what happens in a situation like this? Another bank has to to kind of come in and take over the uh, the customer accounts and things like that for Silicon Valley Bank. Is that correct? The easiest way to put this in your head is to think about it. Let's say the bank is worth $100 million, and it's not. They were multiple billions, folks. So just use this example. Sure. So they're worth $100 million. Another bank comes in and says, all right, we'll give you $70 million. FDIC insures the 30. Um, they continue on with operations. They might have a little bit of, um, you know, SNAF will be getting their systems put together and merged back together, but that's essentially what's going to occur. So over the course of this weekend, I assure you that the FDIC is looking for somebody to buy them up to come in and take over the banking operations. The FDIC guarantees a difference. Everybody else is okay. Um, you're just going to be disrupted for several weeks, you know, and somewhere along the middle. The difficulty that we were talking about, certainly on the news, and is, is for those that use it for their payroll banking. So now how are you supposed to pay payroll oh you know so right uh, someone will make some sort of uh, uh you know arrangements with that so make sure people do that one of the things that i thought was interesting is here is you had a number of cryptocurrency companies that were using silicon valley bank now one of the things with silicon silicon valley bank or svb um, is that um, they lend a lot of money out to venture capitalists in silicon valley and startup companies and that kind of stuff in the neighborhood and so as a result of that, a lot of these companies now are having difficulty because um, they may not be able to have the financing they need 
um, for whatever they want to do or payroll or whatever that might be from a cash standpoint. Um, but you also had holdings that were there. So uh, Coinbase, for example, which is one of the crypto companies, um, were used uh, them also, multiple banks, but they used them also uh, for holding some of their cash that they match up their Coinbase with U.S. currency to try to have some stability in there. And a couple of others did as well. And so they took it on the chin from a stock price, but they said, we're just going to hold our stuff up for the, uh, the weekend, um, but everything will resume as normal on Monday. Um, and, and so there's a couple of other banks. I think there's a, was it Silver Bank, I think is another one, mm-hmm. uh, that does a lot of the same type of leveraging that this bank was. I'm going to call it that for, for sake of ease at this point in time in the crypto industry. So I don't think we have a big contagion that all this stuff is falling apart. I don't see that. Um, but I think this bank just really stood out in jackhandedness. On shady how they practices? It. Would that be? Would that be I don't even. It's not really shady okay. practices. What they did wasn't wrong. It wasn't illegal. Sure. Um, it's just that you know why would you? Why would you pee in the wind? Unwise practices. Very. There unwise. we go. You know, you you could see the interest rates. They've been going up for almost a year. Why not unravel from that position and, and go to a position that's going to be much easier to be able to, to maintain your assets and your cash flow for your clients? Um, it may, doesn't make any sense to me. Again, so folks in this, the news is just loaded with this information. Right. So uh, my intent is to sit down with my buddies that run banks and have a conversation with them and say, you know, what happened here? Why did this happen? What did they do? I think I know in my head, but what I think, it's probably not accurate. I'd rather talk to the banking guys, see if we can get a little more information. Let you know. Indeed, but, yeah. Um, is are we going to have a problem here in Wassa? Yeah, probably not. No, um, just... we don't. Uh, um, in Wassa, our banks, uh, good people, all the banks around here, we do weird stuff. We uh, make conservatives loans uh, to houses that actually exist, <laughs> conservatively valued, uh, to businesses that actually make money, um, and uh, uh, the bankers live here. So. It's a really odd scenario. Yeah. So seven one five eight four five two one five five is the number to call. I've got a feeling we've got a few more uh, topics that we can hit on with this because again, uh, it seems like everything uh, was just absolutely normal as I was looking through the week and looking through the news. I was thinking, man, I'm gonna have nothing to talk about with Merle this week when when he comes in, and then all of a sudden, just like yeah, that, it's like everything all at once, boom, everything it's, it's at just, once, yeah, yeah. yeah, hits. So seven one five. is the number to call. We'll be back with more after this. Making Financial Sense on AM 550, FM 99.9, WSAU. 823 on Saturday morning here on AM 550, FM 99.9, WSAU, and online at WSAU.com. Winter weather advisory is in effect for tonight. We are looking at uh, as much as three inches of snow from uh, from tonight into tomorrow. And, of course, uh, don't forget uh, tonight before you go to bed, it's the twice yearly chore of uh, setting your clock ahead one hour, losing that hour of sleep. So make sure you're not late for church on Sunday morning by uh, setting your clock forward before you go to bed. Or I guess if you're up anyway at uh, two o'clock, you can do it officially and uh, switch it to three at that time. Merle's actually going to be up at two o'clock to do that. That's his favorite chore every year. What will happen is the the clock in my plow truck will actually be right tomorrow. In, so, it, it will be, be right great. tomorrow. Yes. Okay. Hey, right for the next uh, yeah, so six, seven months and, uh, or so. Yeah, uh, yeah indeed. And, and again, uh, Merle, we we had a lot going on here yesterday with the the failure of a, of Silicon Valley Bank in, in California and the 
Uh, the one thing that I had, had wanted to ask you about this is, you know, we, we talk so much on this program about how everything is so connected. Things that happen in China have an impact on the markets in the United States. Things that happen overseas constantly, you know, working either for us or against us here. But you said just before we went to break, if a bank is failing in California, there's there's really no reason to believe that something could be going wrong here in central Wisconsin as well, or this could be some kind of uh, plague that's caught by banks here. Other than, of course, the market's going down and everybody's 401k. Unless you have money invested inside of that bank, which is a a different animal. Now, um, we did take a look at our our local banks here in town, and we'd all know the names if I mentioned them, which, of course, I can't. Mm -hmm. Uh, We looked at their stock prices, and they were down all 4% yesterday, so they they certainly got hit by guilt by association. Um, You know, So I look at that and going, huh. That doesn't look like a bad price on that stock. Maybe Merle needs to own some. You know, so that's some of the, the beautiful part about it, I guess, is, is from that standpoint, you have the ability to take advantage of some of those prices. But uh, the banking sector is going to be kind of crazy, and, and we'll see that happening over the course of, of uh, the next several weeks as we see this thing unravel. Now, SVP, um, uh, Silicon Valley Bank, was not a large company, um, although large compared to, you know, Joe's Pizza Shop. Right. Um, but... Um, but as far as banks go, it's really kind of on the lower end of the midside, so it's not really big. And uh, somebody had the ability to write the check out for them uh, over the course of the weekend. And who knows? Uh, maybe uh, Elon Musk will do it just because he doesn't own a bank yet, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he, which he, he still could, even though his a lot of his uh, Tesla stock has uh, has gone away to, to fund other ventures. But, again, that's another animal. So, yeah, it's, uh, like I said, uh other than, you know, the typical up and downward uh, pattern of a 401k, this doesn't have a whole lot of impact on, say, somebody who's just got uh, money in the system for retirement, correct? Yeah. Um, you know, there's a different thing apart the, the banking part of the world and the investment part of the world. Um, I know we'll have conversations coming on Monday from clients calling and saying, well, did I have any of my money in, in SVB Bank? And the answer is no, you didn't. Um, so the stock market... Um, brokerage accounts are different animals than what the banks are. So they're, they're different animals. Though there are some banks that have some brokerage services to them, uh, they're different animals. So um, when you have uh, money sitting inside of the money market account of your brokerage firm, um, it's a different animal than this bank unless they actually had stock ownership of this particular bank. That's a different thing. But then again, you would actually know that sort of thing. But the information that's coming so much from that, we, we tend to um, not look at you know, when we're investing, we're not investing for just today. We don't have that knee-jerk reaction. There's an article that popped up, and I caught it earlier, and I read a piece of it, folks, and then it disappeared. It just popped up again. So even the computers on the investment world are changing because of <laughs> right. um, SVB. In fact, during the break, folks, I was just telling uh, Mike, I said, you know, two more articles just popped up about SVB. Um, one of them said, you know, time to buy bank stock is now. Well, um, interestingly enough, same thing we saw. But there's an article that comes actually through Barron's, uh, through Jack Hugh. And uh, his, the, the, the title for it says, The Case for Stocks, Dodge the Yield Curve, and Think Long-Term and Reduce Expectations. Um, and it's kind of interesting because when we see the stock market goes up so much, for example, like it did in 21, you know, we saw the markets all go up 20% in 21. By the way, we gave it back in 22. But we see that. We see so many, uh, and it tends to be younger people. Um, uh, they tend to say, well, the average rate of return in the stock market is 15%, so I'm going to get that every year. And that, no, no, you're not. You know, that's not the norm. You know, so then last year, everybody said, well, we're going to get out of it. We're going to be in, you know, Bitcoin only. Uh, oh, hold on. Just 
have expectation going forward. It's a nice little article. They talk about that. It's just simply saying we look at and invest for the long term. So what we're putting away today, we're not putting away for the end of the year. We're putting away for three years and five years out. And we're putting that money away today. And as a result of that, now is probably still a pretty good time in which to buy. If the stock market goes down in the next six months, it's a better time to continue to keep buying. And so the knee-jerk reaction for a lot of people uh, tends to be, well, let's stop putting money in because it's going down. No, no, the opposite should be uh, true, saying let's put it in because we're buying it on sale as we're looking at throughout the course of the next couple of years. And it's difficult to do that because sometimes you look at it and you just go, oh, this is going to hurt. And you put your money in your 401k, then it goes down, and you're like, it did hurt. Um, but the longer term is we're buying that stuff on sale. And so a real nice article on it, again, it's uh, through Barron's, uh, popped up on MarketWatch.com. And again, by Jack Hugh, uh, the case for stocks, dodge the yield curve, think long-term and reduce expectations is the uh, title of the article. So how often then in your business is your job not only to understand and be able to uh, distill all of this down for the common folk like myself or your clients, how much of that job oftentimes is therapist or counselor because somebody Every is calling you day. <laughs> and saying that the sky is falling because something like this happens at two o'clock on a Friday afternoon and all of a sudden just that's again, that switch yeah. flips in your head and you say, oh, no, has this cost me two years of my retirement? Yeah, I've uh, I've long said that I need to have counseling in my, you know, in the window of my my uh, office. You know, uh, the investment world plus counseling, I think, you know, it's, it's difficult. But the, the, the thing you have to do is to, um, in this industry, in the position that I am as a financial professional, is to help people to get through the information which they don't know. Um, you know, if you don't know why the stock market is doing what it is, your knee-jerk reaction is say, I got to get out of here when it's the wrong time in which to do so. If somebody explained to you what's going on, you go, oh, okay, makes sense. It makes it more palatable that you have the ability to wait and go through. Um, so a lot of people think, well, geez, I can't retire now because the stock market went down. When reality is, is that it doesn't matter if you're already close, you're going to be fine because the fluctuation of a certain percentage isn't really going to affect your retirement. And if it does affect your retirement by a 10% or 50% chart change in the marketplace, it means you probably didn't have enough to be able to retire anyway. So we help people go through the math on that. But you know, the plans you make, um, uh, tend to work out pretty steadfast. Um, but boiling it down to make sure that people have the ability to um, help go through and answer those questions so that they're not having those knee-jerk reactions is the biggest part of what we do in this industry. 715-845-2155 is the number to call. I see we just had a caller on the line. I may have just missed you, so we'll try to get to that uh, question after we take a look at your news headlines here as we are making financial sense on AM550, FM 99.9 WSAU. 8.35 on this Saturday morning here on AM 550 FM 99.9 WSAU online at WSAU.com as well. Taking a look outside the weather window, mostly cloudy skies, looking for some more snowfall later today as well. Uh, forecast details, of course, online at WSAU.com. We encourage you to check that because we do have a winter weather advisory that has been posted much to the chagrin of many snowmobilers, though, like uh, Merle Kelch say, late season snow is always welcome. Absolutely. I do get a kick out of the weather window, by the way, because most people just call it a window. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's right there. It's right there. It works at least, uh, at least as of this morning, it does. So, so, you know, in here, um, uh, one of my favorite economists, Brian Westbury from uh, first trust out of Chicago. Um, I read his article this past week this morning and, and he's talking about how everything that's going on from an economic standpoint right now is just not normal. It just doesn't make any sense. 
Uh, there's some certain similarities we can put to it, but this is all still a reverberation from their opinion, certainly mine as well, that this is still coming back from the pandemic. You know, we've never shut off an economy before. We've never turned an economy back on before. We never did this before. And so as a result of it, we're still trying to get stuff figured out and the supply chain's redone and it's still have all kinds of issues with that going on. Um, and so as a result of that, we can only do our best guess as far as uh, inflation and a rising interest rates, trying to keep inflation and unemployment and, and full employment and people coming back to work and that kind of stuff. But one of the things that's kind of important here, and it's an article that comes from Jeffrey Bartash, um, again, marketwatch.com, uh, it says lower wage gains might be an escape for the U.S. economy and an ease to a threat of recession. This has been around for a long time because one of the things that causes inflation, of course, is wage gains. And in here, we've had so many people who were not working um, and are now starting to get back into it. We can talk about why my opinion is on it anyway uh, coming in. But in here, it looks like the wage gains are starting to improve. If we take a look at over the course of the last um, couple of weeks, and i got to get my page. Here we go. Um, if we take a look at it, the 12, uh, 12, last 12 months, we did raise to 4.6 from 4.4%. But we had a 40-year peak in the middle of the uh, inflation as a starting to go crazy of 5.9% in March of 22 as far as uh, wage gain goes. And so that's starting to drop back down. Again, I'm helping with that inflationary standpoint. You know, we're looking at this, and I was looking at Mark multiple articles throughout the course of this past week and what I thought we were going to have conversations about until SVB came around um, is, you know, why is it that we keep having, you know, record new employment come up um, and uh, we're supposed to be slowing down in that whole bit? Why is that becoming the case? And so in here is a number of articles, and, and I don't have them popped up in front of me, but um, we can certainly find them and dig into them if, if uh, we really need to. You know, we have a participation of employment, you know, the number of people who can work that are not. And we have a record amount of people not participating inside of the marketplace. And so, you know, I had a conversation a long time ago with some colleagues that said the only way that's going to happen is until they start running out of money. So all this free cash flow that was going out there has got to get soaked up into the system and burnt up. And only until that time do we start seeing these people come back to work. So we have had a need for jobs across the country well before the pandemic ever happened. We had a bunch of people that just needed jobs to, I'm sorry, needed positions to fill their widget companies, widget manufacturing and widget sales. And so we need that even beforehand. And so afterwards, we, of course, had the increase of unemployment. That fell apart. Um, we had the um, additional um, uh, food for, uh, you know, uh, food stamps and food share and that kind of stuff. And that's mm -hmm. now slowing down. Not saying any of this is good or bad. We had the fuel prices go up in cars. All of a sudden, that starts soaking up cash. And now I think we're starting to see people going, well, hey, um, maybe I got to start doing something. And I think that has a large part of what the jobs are coming in. Um, so there's a, um, uh, some articles and, and stuff we'll find over the course of the next couple of weeks because this sort of information is always trailing. We always mm -hmm. get report on what happened versus what's happening. And I think we're going to start to see some of that. Now, that also is evidenced by seeing some of the M2 money supply where it peaked last year and dropped off for the first time since 1944. It actually came down uh, throughout the course of this year with inflation. So is that good or bad? Well, it's all good, but it's just not normal. And coming back to Brian Westbury, this is all stuff that happens we don't normally see inside of an economic, uh, uh, normal macroeconomic cycle. And I think it all has to do, again, with these reverberations of still turning the economy on. Folks, we're only a few years into it of, uh, of shutting off the largest economy in the world, plus a bunch of other parts of the world, and then turning it back on again. Haven't done this, but a lot of notes if we ever have to do this in the future.
Lord, I hope we don't. No kidding, right? 715-845-2155 is the number to call if you have a question for Merle. And uh, you brought up a a great point in there in talking about the M2 money supply, which again means uh, basically you're walking around cash. That's the money that uh, Merle has in in his wallet. That's the money that I have in my wallet that can be spent on a moment's notice. I'll trade your wallets. (laughs) <laughs> there you go there you go and what people that can't see is i just took my wallet and again indeed handed it to, uh to merle but that's the money that you have in your pocketbook that you can spend on a moment's notice Mer- uh elon musk actually doesn't have a whole lot of that he might not have any more than you or i do because his wealth is all tied up in the market and that takes a couple days to to get your hands on if not longer so and, and another thing that a lot of people have talked about uh, over the last couple of days is the amount of credit card debt which is going back up now it was down at at an all-time low in the uh in the quarters and, and the year surrounding the pandemic now that has come back up again people are obviously uh feeling more comfortable charging on their cards even if it means that they're uh paying significantly more for it now that lot, interest lot, rates are yeah, up a lot of time what that means is it means that it's, it's usually a, an, an indicator of a recessionary period of time where people are running out of money and they're using debt to cover costs um, um and i think that's probably what it is not necessarily a good thing for them, but it's an indicator that uh, we might be slowing down for an economy. 715-845-2155 is the number to call. Good morning. You're making financial sense with Merle Kelch. Good morning. Who are we talking to? Uh, Joe. Morning, yes, Joe. Yes, I have a question on an RMD. Uh-huh. And if the uh, custodian doesn't make a timely payment, um, who is liable for the uh, penalty? Well, uh, uh, the penalty lies on uh, the person who owns the account, unfortunately. Now, oh, even even though the uh, custodian is supposed to make an automatic uh, the payment. So, as you were saying, you might have be able to have an argument with that if something like that was established. Um, a long time ago, in in uh, in my world, we had a client that um, received a letter that says you have to take this amount of money out. We called this person and said, you have to take the money out. Received two or three more letters and another call from us, and they didn't take the money out and said, well, you were supposed to talk to me. He said, well, here's the record of all the times we did, um, and they're liable for that. And so in here, if it was supposed to be an automated basis, um, you might have a case and saying you guys have to pay the penalty, and you might be able to work that out. But otherwise, that penalty is going to fall upon you at least initially. Well, you suggest that uh – uh, I, did I contact the uh, custodian then and and have a conversation about that? Oh, absolutely, I would. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the custodian oh. or whoever uh, your financial professional is, I'd have that conversation certainly. Okay. Because right, you know the the penalties the penalty can be pretty harsh. I'm sorry. I said the penalty can be pretty harsh. Yeah, fifty percent. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, that's think if you'd have to pay it. I hope you don't. I hope so not either. Bye. Okay, now take care. Good luck. Again, seven one five eight four five two one five five is the number. If you have a a, a question for Merle, uh, I guess my question is um, the what what type of account are they talking about uh, in this situation? And, and I mean, yeah. obviously, it depends on each person's individual situation, but. He, Anything that's fifty percent penalty, you're, you're. I'm sure you're talking about a significant amount. You're gonna look at it. so, um, an RMD, um, uh, Mike, and, and for those who have not hit that age yet, it used to be seventy and a half. They called the seventy and a half rule. It's just RMD required minimum distributions. It's now seventy two. 
We can argue whether it's 72 and a half, but let's make it 72. So at that point in time, you have to start getting distributions from your IRA accounts. If you haven't at all, you have to start. And so that dollar, I think it's 4.14%. I think it is at 72. Um, uh, don't quote me just because it's new and I don't have that memorized. And in my office, I have a Kim. So Kim does that. <laughs> again, and again, uh, so, everybody's situation is different as right. well. So we're talking in general terms. So um, in here, um, you have to take that distribution. And if you don't take that distribution, um, let's say your distribution was supposed to be $5,000 with you, you had to take out. Um, if you did not take it out, your penalty is 2500 bucks. It's half of that. And so that's your penalty. Plus, you had a state penalty on top as well. But you still get the privilege of paying taxes on the whole 5000 So it's designed so that you do not forget. And so in the industry, um, the industry will send you notes, um, say, hey, you got to take this out. You got to take this out. Hey, you have to take this out. You'll get people like me in my office calling clients saying, hey, you got to take some money out. And it's, it's, it's rare, but it does happen where people don't take the money out because they're not looking at their mail, not reading it, not understanding it, not answering the questions, not listening on the phone, uh, something of this nature. But I find that it usually only happens once, and then everybody remembers afterwards. Um, and hopefully uh, um, our friend Joe here um, I can get that straightened out and that there's a problem uh, versus her just missing it. Yes, indeed. Uh, and an easy way. To, to make somebody remember is to uh, impact the, the pocketbook. And again, as I like to say, <laughs> it, the walking around money. And it's a bear. I mean, it's, I'm sure. It's yeah, 20, it's it's supposed to be 50 uh, percent of the difference of what you were supposed to take out and what you did take out. And so um, it's a measure to make sure you're taking out the right dollar amount. And so, so nobody takes any out. Uh, well, you know, they're going to get kicked. Um, we had a, a, a person who came to see us, though we didn't become uh clients they wanted to see if we could help them with the rmd because they hadn't taken it out for a number of years on purpose and the penalties were just brutal that they wow. had to pay they thought well we th i think we should be able to get that money back well you're not and it's gone so um, one and, more uh, question then before we get to the the uh, our last break here on the show and our last call for phone calls how much easier does something like uh and and again this is just kind of a basic troubleshooting question but this is the kind of stuff that goes through my mind when you're uh, talking about these things, how much easier then does say like an automatic deposit from the 401k into your checking account and the automatic withdrawals and things like that, that we have today that or have had for the last 20 years or so, how much easier does that make it on somebody uh, to make sure that they don't forget that and they don't end up paying that 50% rate? It's, it's enormously easy to not have that become a problem. Um, uh, right down to the point where companies will actually not only do the calculation for you, they'll set it up, they'll send it to you automatically. You just have to set it up. Um, so it happens incredibly, it uh, happens. Um, and what's kind of fun about those is a lot of times we set those up, uh, people just want to do it once a year and they'll get this money saying, hey, where did that money come from? Oh, yeah, remember this? Oh, yeah. You know, so it shows up in the checking account. But, right. um, but it can literally be that automated if a person wants to have that happen. Um, we have some people say, no, nah, I just want to determine when I'll take it out, but I'll remember. So we'll tell them, write it on your calendar, um, that type of thing. But um, everybody and their brother is going to send you reminders because they don't want to be the person responsible for forgetting to tell you to take it out, and you have to pay a 50% penalty. So, um, But it's, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. But um, as we're getting older, the memory slips a little bit. And so we have to make sure we have cues and reminders for us to make sure we take that money out. Um, especially as we start getting into the 80s 
um, we start to see them in our clients. We have to start doing a little bit more reminding to make sure you're taking that money out. And again, that's where somebody like Merle and, uh, as he said, his Kim in his office comes into play to help you make, well, financial sense out of all this. Yeah. 715-845-2155 is the number to call. We do still have time to sneak in one or two more callers before the top of the hour. But first, here is Chris Conley in this day. Into our last segment here for today on Making Financial Sense on AM 550, FM 99.9, WSAU, and at WSAU.com. Again, a big topic today has obviously been Silicon Valley Bank. We've even covered... Uh, some retirement distributions, and we've even covered uh, Merle Kelch's uh, position occasionally as a counselor and therapist <laughs> as well. We covered. When, we yeah, we've yeah. covered a lot of ground here today. Uh, I mean, obviously, you said you had a list of topics before everything went sideways on Friday. And so, we still do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what, what were some of those things that uh, so, clients were asking this week? article by Steve Goldstein. Um, it is, of course, uh, part of MarketWatch.com. Mortgage rates have skyrocketed. This chart shows the Fed's measure of financial conditions isn't capturing household pain. So in here, they're talking about, you know, the obviously the, the drop of, of uh, mortgages. The National Association of Realtors, per this article, uh, a 42% slide in mortgage applications um, as far as a buy recorded by the Bankers Mortgage Association. So it's uh, rising in its impact. In fact, uh, we've went from, um, throughout the course of 22, from, you know, essentially six and a half to eight and a half percent as far as an effective borrowing rate, which of course is putting the compounding in the middle of it. So in chatting with some of our friends, not only locally, they said, you know, uh, the mortgage rates aren't out there, but we don't have a lot of houses for sale around the Wasa area. So the houses that are still there are still selling, but it's slowing down. Um, some friends of ours that live in the uh, uh, Panhandle area and around a quarter in Florida um, said that the real estate market is just falling right off because of the rising interest rates. So those who are having second homes are slowing down and maybe purchasing the second homes, uh, that type of thing. So um, the interest rates are starting to have an effect on mortgages and slowing down um, with those um, 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 uh, house purchases. Now, new homes are still doing okay yet, especially with having such a light uh, January. Uh, a lot of foundations are still able to break and get in uh, with the warmer weather that we have, but those are going to start slowing um, as well. So if you're in the market of looking for real estate, Hang in there for a year. I think it's going to be pretty good. Now, uh, yeah, I read something this week regarding uh, mortgages and the rise of the uh, two and one mortgage uh, with the interest rates going up, which means you pay uh, 2% of your interest rate for your first year up front and 1% of your interest rate for your second year up front. You, pu- you kind of put that down and they put it in escrow because people are hoping that the interest rates will come down and maybe after that first year, if they can kind of struggle along for that first year, they can refinance at a lower rate than for future years of their mortgage. Is that something that you're familiar with? Um, it's kind of new to me. I haven't heard of that one yet at this point in time. Okay. Uh, you know, kind of interesting. I've had the expectation or the conversation with a couple of, uh, you know, 30s, 40s year olds. Um, and, and their conversation was, you know, well, we're not going to go uh, buy a house now or get a mortgage because, um, we're just going to wait for the interest rates to come back down to 3%. And I kind of giggled and said, well, it's never going to happen. And I said, we're actually at a long-term norm right now for interest rates. Right. When it comes to mortgages, I said, go buy the house. Just get your house. 715-845-2155 is the number. Again, we got time for maybe one more phone call here. Good, uh, good morning. You're on Making Financial Sense with Merle Kelch. Morning. Good morning, folks. Uh, I got a question. What happens 
with uh, if an RMD is not uh, taken out and the person that holds the uh, account passes away, in other words, they die before the end of the year. Um, if, if they died on the 31st, you might have some sort of recourse, but I don't think so. Um, if it was supposed to come out by the end of the year um, and they pass away, let's say, in November, somewhere along the way, in my opinion at least, I think I'm right in this, whoever the executor of the state was should have made that distribution. So that distribution should have occurred through the year. So if it not, the state is probably going to end up having to pay that 50% penalty. Yikes. They're pretty absolute on that stuff. Oh, boy. That does not sound good. Yeah, well. <laughs> uh, wow. You know, I'm going to say this, but God bless attorneys on that stuff because it's, yeah, it's one of the things that they do is to make sure all that sort of stuff is um, is where it's supposed to go. So, um, okay. But, uh, you know, we'll see. So um, what I suggest is if you don't have an attorney yet, chat with them um, or an accountant one way or another and see if that might help you. Very good. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Really enjoy your show. Well, thank you, sir. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. Again, and and that's where uh, your good buddy, you know, Alan Hogan would be one of them. There's many others as well across the region mm-hmm. that you they'd be able to answer that right off the top of their head. Indeed, yeah. indeed, and that's why that's why we have experts like you. If you don't uh, know the answer, you certainly uh, know somebody that uh, that might be able. I'm to. I'm just kind of giggling that you called me an expert. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, uh, you know, I've been confused for one as well at certain points. Uh, I, I in just my life. know things. Let's just put it that way, folks. I just know things. Yes, you know, I can't play a video game, but I know a lot about this stuff. So we, we got this <laughs> and, stuff, you know. and hey, I'm not too bad at Fortnite myself. Every now and then, when I'm, uh, you know, one beer in or so, <laughs> my, one uh, beer in or so on the on my the son who is huge in video games keeps saying, "Papa, you want to try to play a game?" I'm like, you know, bud, you just don't want to see me do this. <laughs> said, and so uh, there's been a few times I play with him. He just kind of look at me and smile. I said, "How am I doing?" He goes, "Well, really not good." <laughs> um you know so yeah it's just uh yeah well i'm not the uh the best at video games i know how they're programmed i've seen how that goes but i've never uh um been good at the video game stuff i even you know nailed some pretty mean tetris back in the day oh man that was about it that uh yeah that that you believe it or not that just gets super addicting tetris oh. is uh is you know that's still the, the longest that's time still I the original that in my mind in the back of my head We've got two minutes left on the show, so we'll go to the phone lines for one more quick uh, call here. Good morning. You're on Making Financial Sense. Good morning. Good morning. Who are you speaking to? Uh, Dick. Morning, Dick. Uh, a few years ago, due to some problems on my part, I did not take enough RMD out. and I, So I was a little bit short, not a lot. And I ended up writing a letter. Uh, I don't know who it was, the IRS or whoever it was. And kind of like, hey, please, this is what happened. Please forgive me. And they did. Well, that's fantastic. That's good to know for all the other folks. But I had a, I did have a record of taking out previous years, taking over the RMD. So clearly, I wasn't doing it to save money or to, to cheat the government or whatever. It was just a mistake on my part. Yeah, weren't weren't excellent. Well, that's yep. great to know. So um, I think when you do stuff the right way for a long time, and if you miss, maybe that gives you a little bit. The I, IRS, yeah. in my opinion, always tends to be somewhat relentless and not caring. But look, yep. they do have a soul. Yep. Well, maybe. I, I, I was happy, but good. Okay. Very good. Dick, thank you so much. I do appreciate that. Yep. So for those of you that are having questions about RMDs, listen there. Dick actually wrote to the IRS, and it worked out okay for him. So good luck to you.
Indeed. Uh, Merle, if uh, somebody wants to get a hold of you between uh, now and, well, I guess the, the next time we talk live, which will be well, in a couple of weeks, yep, how do they do that? Yep. Uh, so you can give me a call on Monday morning, uh, 849-3600, here in Wausau area locally. Um, you can come visit us on 3rd Avenue and Bridge Street and stop in and have a cup of coffee and kick the tires. You can find us outside of the Wausau area at 866-355-5100 or find us online at kelchinassociates.com or you can find me with my grandkids next Saturday at Legoland where I'm going to need a walker. But you're going to be at Legoland. I mean, how does anybody have a bad day at Legoland? You ever see me walk? <laughs> we're going to leave it at that because we're coming up on Fox News at the top of the hour. If you missed any of our discussion uh, this week on uh, the Silicon Valley Bank situation, you'll be able to hear it again next week on a best of of making financial sense here on WSAU.